Hey there, this is Devin from Legal Eagle. You're smart. And I know that you're smart because you're listening to this podcast. But if you want even more incredible, educational-ish content from me and my friends, then you've got to get Nebula. Because in addition to offering tons of terrific podcasts ad-free, Nebula is a place where my friends and I get to release tons of experimental and exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. Plus, all of my videos are ad-free. Just head to watchnebula.com slash radio to sign up now. He should have let me bump off Harvey Dent. We'd all have been better off... Wouldn't we, Harve? Yeah, you can't defend your attempted murder by saying that everyone would be better off if you actually completed the murder itself. Today we're going to take a deep dive into my childhood with one of my favorite shows of all time, Batman the Animated Series. You know, as a kid I used to watch it with my father. I'm a real lawyer, so let's react to Batman the Animated Series, the trial episode. Just the best intro of all time. Still gives me goosebumps. Alright, trail. No, I'm sorry. Trial. The trial episode. Alright, Paul Dini and Bruce W. Tim. We'll see if you can write a good courtroom episode. Pamela Lillian Isley. District Attorney Van Dorn has asked that the maximum sentence of life imprisonment be imposed upon you. Maximum sentence for what? In Batman the Animated Series, I don't think anyone ever actually dies. Uh, and I don't think Poison Ivy, I think this is Poison Ivy, right? So... Call me Poison uh, Ivy. What is she getting the maximum sentence of life in prison for? I mean, I guess maybe attempted murder. She did try and kill a lot of people. All right, all right. So if she was really... <laughs> I don't know what the particular circumstances are here, but the district attorney has asked for the maximum sentence. I don't know that that fits with the sentencing guidelines, even though this is New York State, not actually the, the federal system. But uh, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. However, as your apprehension came at the hands of the Batman and not a recognized agent of the law, this court has no choice. Okay. All right. Uh, A couple of big problems here. First of all, we've talked a lot on this channel about how Batman is a vigilante. The things he's doing are illegal. It subjects him to all kinds of actual criminal penalties. Putting that aside, when Batman apprehends a wrongdoer who has also done something wrong, that doesn't mean that they don't go to jail. They can be sentenced to jail just like anyone else. The fact that a vigilante has captured them, I don't think has any actual repercussions in the actual police and judicial system itself. This court has no choice but to return you to Arkham Asylum, where it is hoped you will complete your rehabilitation. Okay, but but what does that have to do with anything? So if they're captured by Batman, going to Arkham Asylum is effectively the result of being found guilty of a crime. Now, Arkham Asylum, my recollection is that it's a mental institution. And if you're found not guilty by reason of insanity, which you know a lot of these, I guess, super villains are, you could be sent to some sort of facility like that. But you know, it's for an indefinite amount of time. One of the things that you don't often hear about is that if you are found not guilty by reason of insanity, you could conceivably be in that mental institution for longer than you would have been if you were just convicted through the regular jurisprudential process. But uh, what the judge is saying 
saying it's a non sequitur here. He's saying we can't do anything with you because you were captured by Batman, but also I'm going to send you to this mental institution because you're not guilty by mental insanity. I, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, so far, this doesn't check out. Hi, Red. Hi. Welcome home. Hi, Harley. You know, for a, a mental institute, this looks a lot like a prison. I'm, I think they're some blurring some lines here between a, a mental institution and just a flat out supermax prison here. Well, that's nice. They, they gave her one plant. Aw, things didn't go too good, huh? Why would you have glass in between the, the cells of the prisoners, effectively the prisoners here? And even if this isn't an actual prison, why would you have glass between effectively health patients' rooms? That's uh, it's really poor design there. Well, cheer up. Where it is, we're gonna throw a little party. And old Jervis here has the invitations. I mean, I suppose it does make sense that the Mad Hatter does reside in Arkham Asylum. More so than anyone else. I have no reason to believe why all of those other criminals should be in Arkham Asylum instead of, you know, an actual prison. Not only does Batman create these so-called super criminals, he takes it upon himself does to be he? their judge and jury with no regard for the legal system. Well, that's not true. Batman literally leaves the prisoners on the doorstep of the police so that the police can arrest the prisoners and then theoretically they'll be tried by the district attorney who, you know, once was Harvey Dent and now is, is Miss Van Dorn. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. I think that's uh, unnecessarily uh, cynical. It sounds like you want to put Batman on trial. Believe me, I'd like nothing better. Well, yeah, so look, Batman deserves to be on trial for a whole host of reasons that are apart from the fact that he's judge, jury, and executioner. He's not really any of those things. Uh, he is a vigilante and, you know, should be put on trial. But uh, that's sort of neither here nor there. It's got to stop, Jim. As Gotham's yeah. new district attorney, I can't allow your pet not to run loose in my city. Yeah, that's fair. I mean it. Janet, it's a war zone out there, and Batman is our best weapon. That's and also I fair. say he's a drug the city keeps taking to avoid facing reality. Speak of the devil. The East Side Skulls are ready to declare war on the other gangs. Old news. My department's already planning a sting to catch the Skulls' yeah. leader. Don't bother. <laughs> Very cute, mister. But so, I mean, the issue with gangland violence is not that you don't know who the gang members are and just you, you can go arrest them, is that you have to actually have enough evidence that they have done the things that they are accused of. And so here, Batman hasn't done really much good because he's just simply captured someone that I'm sure the district attorney and the police already knew was a member of, of this gang system. So... Uh, yeah, Batman, uh, not doing his best here. You want to support law and order, you take off that mask and put on a uniform. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. You hear me, Batman? This is the last time! <laughs> is it, is it though? Next time I see him, it'll be a whole different story. Hmm, will it though? Hello, Bruce. Yeah. Janet. Of course. I'm so glad we're able to meet on such short notice. It seems every place I look, there's our crusading DA leading the campaign to rid our city of Batman. Oh, please. He's the last person I want to talk about tonight. 
Oh, sorry. Still, even you have to admit, Batman's come through now and then. But look at the lunatic fringe he's created. The Joker, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, and the rest. Batman's responsible for every one of them. Is he? So, okay, is that where this, this episode is going? That Batman is actually responsible for creating the supervillains that he is policing as well? I mean... Ooh, interesting. We'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, that might get into issues of proximate cause uh, versus actual cause, uh, but that's that's kind of a straw man. So it'll be interesting to see what what she does with that. Excuse me, Miss Van Dorn, but your office just called. They said it's an emergency. I'm sorry, Bruce. I won't be a minute. Take your time. Is is that a? Uh... I hate to see you go, but I love watching you leave. Joke? Did they did they shoehorn that into a kids the uh, cartoon here? Hmm. I wonder if they're being a little cheeky there. No pun intended. It's Van Dorn's. It was dropped on the front desk 20 minutes ago, along with this. Batman, come alone to where lives hang in the balance, or the law in Gotham dies. Let me out! Do you hear me? Whoever you are, let me out! Again, this really, really looks like a prison here, rather than any kind of Welcome institute that would actually be for psychological or psychiatric purposes. You're going to escape? Eventually. We got some legal business to sell first. What do you mean? I'm talking about a trial. Oh, you the yeah. prosecutor, you the defense, and your client. Batman. Okay, I you know what? I like the idea. I like the setup of this episode. Making the uh, single-minded district attorney who actually doesn't like Batman to be forced to defend him. Uh, though it's interesting that when these supervillains finally have the upper hand, they have Batman incapacitated, uh, they decide to do this <laughs> legal nonsense instead of, you know, actually unmasking him and, you know, killing him. Yeah, not a great plan from their perspective, but a great conceit for an episode. I love it. This is insane. Me defending you? As far as I'm concerned, you belong in here with them. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You've got to go through with it. It's their game and their rules. Let's go move it. Indeed. Can't keep the judge waiting. You've said it yourself, lady. Batman made every one of us. So, we're placing him before the bar to face our justice. Okay. And me? Basic 50-50 option. You get him off, you both go free. He goes down, you take the fall with him. Amusing idea, what? Kidnapping you to be Batman's attorney? Personally, I suggested a quick slug between the eyes, but I lost the coin toss. Okay, so uh, legally speaking, putting aside the fact that this trial is completely uh, rigged and impossible, this would be a very, very easy case for this uh, lawyer to win because just because someone is an actual cause doesn't mean that they are the proximate cause, the legal cause of something happening. And when you're talking about a bunch of supervillains who are... I, I, I use this term loosely, in control of their faculties. They're committing a bunch of intentional torts and a bunch of intentional crimes so that Batman, though he might have, you know, placed a domino or, or flipped a domino over in this long string of dominoes that led to the creation of these supervillains, he's not actually responsible for the things that they have done. So 
theoretically, this lawyer should have a pretty easy time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He says, oh yeah, dirt bags, dummy up. Sheesh, I gotta do everything for you. Court is now in session. The good people of Arkham Asylum versus the self-righteous vigilante called Batman. Our prosecutor is ready. Likewise, our fair and impartial jury. Hang him. Shoot him. Hit him with a rock. Okay, so I probably don't need to tell you that this jury is completely constitutionally infirm. First of all, you don't have 12 people, which is not a requirement in all states, but generally you do have 12. <laughs> this is not an impartial uh, selection of people in this area. Batman is not being tried by a selection of his peers. Under the Sixth Amendment, a jury has to be a representative cross sample of the people in that geographical location. And not only is this petty jury, the I think six supervillains who were there, not representative of the community at large, there was no jury panel. There was no veneer uh, through which you could choose the members of the jury. Additionally, the thing that most people know about in terms of uh, the Sixth Amendment's requirements in terms of a jury is that it has to be impartial. And it doesn't mean that they can't know anything about the accused, but it does mean that they have to be able to put what they know aside. And here, they are uh, material witnesses. They are absolutely not impartial against uh, Batman. And so, yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, a jury made up of exclusively of supervillains does not pass constitutional muster. And now all rise for the most honorable, most benevolent, most merciful Judge Joker! <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Joker as the, the judge, that doesn't pass constitutional muster either. He needs to be bounced for, uh, for uh, not being uh, capable of presiding over this trial. I was promised a chance to defend my client. Oh, very well. Like it'll make a difference. Mr. Prosecutor, make your opening statement. Yeah, so in California, you have a procedure through which you ask the judge to no longer preside over your trial. And sometimes you can just do it automatically. It's called 170.6 in the judge after that particular section of the California code. You definitely want to make a 170.6 motion in this particular case. Look at us. We're all freaks and monsters. And who made us this way? Batman. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. So in law school, you spend a huge amount of time talking about the difference between actual cause and proximate cause. And uh, in fact, uh, often you're dealing with really dry cases. There is one particular case in law school that I think is actually really interesting that talks about this very distinction. It's called the Paul's Graph case. And it involves a guy who brings some fireworks onto a train, the box of fireworks explodes, and it tips over this giant scale onto this poor woman named Paul's Graph. And so the main question in that case is not whether the guy who brought the fireworks is he responsible. But the question is, is the railroad at any point responsible? And I actually did an entire video uh, called What's in the Box that talks about this very case. It's all animated, which is fitting because this is Batman the Animated Series. So if you are curious about how that case turned out and the difference between actual and proximate cause, you can check out that video. Call the first witness. Yo, hot! Understand! Yeah, right out of the jury, into the witness box. That is uh, not allowed. Proceed, counselor. 
I suppose you, like your friends, claim that Batman drove you to be a criminal? He did. And yet, as I recall your case, you brainwashed and kidnapped a woman who rejected you. Batman forced me to do it. He was going to take her away from me. I had no choice. Yeah, that's not You could not have respected her wishes and left her alone. I'd have killed her first! Oh, I'd like that last statement stricken <laughs> from the record, please. Record? Is someone supposed to be writing this down? Yeah, well, someone is supposed to be writing it down. So I actually really like that cross-examination. Well, uh, actually, so was there, there was no direct examination. Yeah, so I guess we'll call that cross-examination. That really actually highlights the difference between actual cause and proximate cause. That yeah, Batman played a role in it, but for the most part, it's just the Mad Hatter being the Mad Hatter. And he was uh, committing intentional acts. So this is actually a really fun example of the distinction between the two kinds of cause. I object to this witness. She's obviously trying to influence the judge. Yeah, that, that seems improper. <laughs> what makes you say that? But of course, the writers know that. They're, they're making that exact joke. If there was no Batman, there'd be no Joker. And I'd never have met my puddin'. Thank you, Batman. So that's not damages. Sad, that's isn't it? a benefit. Harleen Quinzel was a doctor here at Arkham until the Joker twisted her mind. And I suppose it was that same loyalty I saw the last time you escaped and put in here. Thinked on you in hopes of getting time off. Is that true, Puddin? Thinked is such an ugly word. You lousy scum-sucking creep! The witnesses excuse. I mean, the judge probably should find her in contempt, uh, you know, and sentence her to jail time for assaulting him, but, you know. And so it's Batman's fault you lead a life of crime. He should have let me bump off Harvey Dent. We'd all have been better off, wouldn't we, Harv? Yeah, you can't defend your attempted murder by saying that everyone would be better off if you actually completed the murder itself. That's not an actual defense, and it's not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a way of actually saying that the person who stopped you from committing murder uh, is the actual criminal. That's uh, that's not a thing here. <laughs> but Miss Isley, isn't the real motivation for your crimes your obsession with plants? That you prefer them to people? I love plants, honey. But a rose is a rose. Then it doesn't bother you when someone, let's say the judge here, ruthlessly plucks a defenseless flower from the warm green earth. No. But aren't the Joker's flowers canonically, like they shoot acid, they're, they're made of plastic? It's kind of convenient that there's a real flower in this particular case. Real convenient there. No. Even knowing he's given it his death sentence, that its petals must die. Stop it. One by one, withering, falling, one by one until it's all gone, honey. I mean, it doesn't actually change anything. I used to believe Batman was responsible for you people. But now I see nearly everyone here would have ended up exactly the same, Batman or not. I mean, so that's true, but 
I think we're still in the middle of the cross-examination here. So, you know, uh, I know this happens on CV all the time, but you're not allowed to actually make closing arguments when you're supposed to be questioning people. That's, uh, that's sort of trial 101. Oh, the gimmicks might be different, but you'd all be out there in some form or another bringing misery to Gotham. The truth is, you created him. And of course, not for nothing, there's no bailiff here, and so the bailiff can't police the fact that she's just walking around the entire courtroom, because, you know, you're not allowed to actually enter the well without permission from the judge. I guess even in Arkham Asylum. Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Jury, you've heard the evidence. Consider your verdict. So, again, in real life, this is not a close case at all. Batman is not responsible for the actions of the supervillains. He has, however, committed all kinds of other crimes uh, not related to these supervillains, but that's a, that's a subject for a different video. In light of Ms. Van Dorn's stirring defense, we have no choice but to find the defendant not guilty. Hey! Yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, this episode is a really wonderful exploration of the difference between actual cause and proximate cause. They should actually watch this in law schools to talk about the difference. This is, this is way more interesting than being in a law school lecture. Well done, counselor. You've proven that Batman didn't create us. That we, in fact, messed up our own rotten lives. And as we are so rotten, vile, and depraved, we're going to waste you anyway. <gasps> yeah, so that's not in the federal sentencing guidelines either. But yeah. <laughs> you knew that. Okay. Oh, hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> First of all, why does a uh, a mental institution have a uh, electric chair? Because this is not a prison. This is not a place where people are sentenced to death. There's no reason that that should be there. Also, whether Gotham is New York or Chicago, either way, neither New York or Illinois has had uh, a death penalty for decades. Now, I know this takes place in the past, blah, 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 I don't, I don't care. Neither New York or Chicago, or New York City or Chicago have the actual death penalty. So no facilities, whether they're actual prisons or not, should have an electric chair in them at all. I see now there's a need for the things you do. Mm. But I'm still going to work toward a city that doesn't need Batman. Me too. Okay, fair enough. So Batman escapes and the district attorney learns that as Batman is helpful. Still, Batman is a vigilante who is committing all kinds of crimes, so I'm not sure that this particular detente is actually good for the city or not. It depends on who you ask. So Batman gets a happy ending from the district attorney, but will he get a happy ending from me? Phrasing, okay. So, this episode, pros and cons. First of all, uh, great exploration of the differences between actual and proximate cause, and that's about where the realism ends. Uh, what makes it unrealistic, completely unconstitutional jury, completely rigged from the start, and uh, a premise that wouldn't even get past a motion to dismiss. So all in all, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to give this episode a D minus for realism, though an A plus in terms of just being fun to watch. You always knew how to make an exit. 
Oh, and one last thing. I know right now you're probably fumbling with your phone trying to find the next podcast to listen to, but you can't because this is an ad. But it doesn't have to be that way. Instead, you can go to watchnebula.com slash radio. You can get access to all of our original podcasts ad-free, plus exclusive originals and experimental shows from your favorite educational-ish creators. And best of all, you're helping to support us make even more amazing content. So before you go, check out watchnebula.com slash radio to support this channel and this podcast directly.